What up? This is Alternate Take. I am your host, Danny Rodriguez. Welcome back to the show. And it's uh, it's good to be back. It's been about four or five months, I think. I don't know, some shit like that. And it was a much-needed break, dude. The f- best part about this podcast is the hardest part, man, is uh, get to interview a lot of cool-ass people, people that are very accomplished, have done a lot more than me. And it's great. And then once you get a 1,000 interviews, it gets overwhelming as shit, dude. So it was nice to take a couple months off, you know, get my ducks in a row, get my shit together. And now I'm ready to bring you guys straight fucking heat. So it's good to be back, dude. And we brought you guys for our first episode back, Producer JB. That's right. We brought you guys back. Somebody who's not important whatsoever. But you know what? It was good to, to reminisce, man. JB is our producer of the podcast, and he moved to Vegas. So we got to catch up on his move there. We talked about all kinds of shit. The Manti Teo documentary, which just got released. We talked about our favorite podcast that we've had together and what's next for all of us here at Alternate Take. So thank you guys for tuning in, and I hope you guys like what you're about to hear. I bring to you guys producer JB. Look at that, dude! Recording in progress. I get nervous when I says that now, man. It's been too long. Gotta, gotta knock the rust off, you know. Dude, I gotta knock it off hard because how long has it been now? Three, four months? Five months? I don't know. Probably, probably three, four months. Because I moved, I moved in uh, like mid end of May, and the nearest pod to that was probably a few weeks from that, if that. So, yeah, three, four months. Damn. Is he there right now? Is Kyle there right now? No, no. He's McDaniels has him at the at the M until the, literally the end of the preseason, which is crazy. Damn. Like, like that's no, unheard of. No messing around ever since Henry Ruggs. He fucked it up for everybody and shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. They're they're not messing around. This training camp, uh, from what I hear, it's different, like with every team, but like McDaniels has been like no, you're going to be here from six in the morning to eight at night. Like we're making sure no one's fucking around getting in trouble. This is like insider uh, trading. This is insider information that <laughs> you're on your Raiders on the beat. You should start your own YouTube channel. Raiders on the beat. <laughs> you know? I know who would have thought I would be giving you Raiders info. I know, dude, that's crazy. Fucking Cowboys, man. Fuck them. No, I got no faith in my Cowboys this year. I got no faith. Yeah, you really shouldn't. I mean, it's not like they do anything good anyways. Like, besides, yeah. they, they have a, you know, in terms of tradition, I think it's cool, but it's not, like, sick. Like, it's good It's good tradition, but it's not, like, the dope. I was just at the game, the Chargers-Cowboys game, and, dude, Cowboys fans suck, dude. They just suck. Oh, I, I, you don't got to tell me. I know that. I know that. First, man. It's, uh, I'm a Cowboys realist. Like, most Cowboys fans, like, every year are like, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, you know, we're going to win, you know. So and so is going to the Hall of Fame. I'm like, nah, bro. Like we're we're weak here. Like we don't got shit here. Like you know, like a, it's shit trickles from the top. Our front office is all jacked up. At the last game, I was instigating so hard. It was this Mexican kid, um, and he was a hardcore Chargers fan, and he was walking down up and down the aisles, going like Chargers, baby, Bolt up, baby, our house. <laughs> He had fucking two bolts on the back of like one bolt on the back of his left arm, one on the back of his right arm. Just uh, dedicated, uh, poor guy, dedicated man. to mediocrity his whole life. Man. And that's he just got it sealed, signed, sealed, delivered right there. And then 
he was like got any friends you don't that guy doesn't have any real friends if he had a real friend they would have fucking discouraged him from that couldn't or if he has a friend like you who's like that sounds like a good idea you should do it that's fucking (laughs) if you're who does that unless he's like the spencer of the group where it was like oh dude like let's i bet he won't do it and then he actually does it we're like oh shit we're assholes he actually did it and he only listens to people like you I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. I fucking hate that shit. How do you think that look right here? But well, well, that's what, well, that's what I was sick. doing. I was instigating. He was walking up and down, and I was like, "That's right, dog. Tell everybody whose house." <laughs> <laughs> I was doing that, and he was like, "That's right," and he kept telling people, "It's my house." And then there's one huge black dude, Cowboys fan, just wasn't having it anymore. And he was trying to like talk shit, but you could tell he was a tweener. Like he didn't know if he wanted to talk shit or or actually like. Uh, be playful and joke around. So he's kind of in the gray area where, all right, I'm gonna say a joke, yeah. and I don't know. It could go either way. I can either be like, it's on with this dude, or hopefully he takes it with a grain of salt. And then he said the joke. I forgot what it was. It was kind of like, um, along the lines of, if you had those tattoos, and uh, where I was at, we would have we would have raped you or killed you, like indicating that he was in prison. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then the the guy back was like. He, yeah, he interpreted this information and thought just to start making prison jokes. So he started making prison jokes to this guy. And then now we're not even talking about Chargers Cowboys. Mind you, it's preseason. So, like, it doesn't matter anyways. But the guy starts yelling back. The black dude starts yelling back, like, I've been there before, dog. I've been there before. You want some? And I was like, fuck him up. I was talking shit. Bolt up, baby. Whose house is this? I was talking mad. Dude, I was instigating hard, man. It was crazy. For a fucking preseason game, like, I actually had to go tell the dude, hey, dude, you need to chill. Like, First of all, it's like I don't even think the Cowboys like you that much. You know what I'm saying? Just relax. It's a preseason game. I was like, none of these guys are making the team anyways. Yeah, it's it was yeah. That's rough, man. Like the older you get to, especially like the the closer you are to like the action, you're just like, man, these grown ass men are just like sitting at a game, like yelling at people they have no investment in. They have no idea who you are. Like you're going to work on Monday pissed off because your team, your fantasy team. I'm like, this is wild, bro. Like, how do you that's how, why you, I can't, how are you a person? How are you an adult? <laughs> like, I can't even play Spanish anymore because of it. Like I literally, I can't even do that anymore because yeah. I look at sports now too analytical in the sense like I don't have any fucking dog in the race anymore, man. I just don't. It's not when I was fucking 12 when Notre Dame lost to USC on a Saturday and I was like, fuck, I got to go to school, dude. <laughs> you know, like, right. oh my God, like uh, my whole fucking next the whole next, I gotta wait a whole year and hear a whole year of shit talking from USC fans for fucking a whole year because because they lost today. It's not that now. I don't give a fuck. You're talking Chinese to me when you're talking about who's playing in the NBA All Star game. I'm like I don't, I don't know, dude. I'm fucking a guy who shoots the ball. Fucking who knows? I don't give a fuck. So yeah, same here. I mean, honestly, like, even the Cowboys. Like I don't even really give a shit anymore. If they lose, whatever. Like I don't care. But like. I'll, I'll root for all of our friends that are in the league or in college or whatever. Like that's, that's more like as an adult, you're just like, you know, you want your people to do well and, you know, take care of themselves and their families. Like that's the biggest thing for us. That's, that's how you look at it now too. Cause if once you know people like in the league or coaches like across the country, you're like, you'd see the game totally differently. You're like, damn, like I hope they don't lose next week. Or like, you know, if they go on a three game skid, like his job's in jeopardy, like, you know, like that's food on the table. You just think of it as a job and like a business now. I was thinking about not only I was thinking about fucking like the um like the wazoo coaching tree and like where they're all at now. I was I was thinking about that <laughs> earlier today. Like that's nuts because 
obviously everyone knows we've interviewed Brett, you know, a couple times. And he's over there at uh, Jackson State with Dion. But all the guys he played with are fucking coaching somewhere, doing something. Like, legit at, like legit uh, programs. So, like, Parker, Henry, and uh, Peyton Pelluer are at USC. That's how I watch every game now. Like, like, somewhere across the line when I'm watching a college football game, I'll know someone on the staff, or at least someone that's friends with my brother. So I'm like, fuck, man. Like, even though I hate this team or I don't like them, like, you got to root for the people you know. So, like, ac- across the country at this point, like, that Wazoo staff and people that have been under Leach is just all over the country. Like part of the Oklahoma staff, the USC staff, Oregon staff, like Mississippi state, uh, Jackson, like all over the country is just like people from within that, you know, original Leach tree. Yeah. So it's crazy. Like I can't, I can't watch a game without seeing someone that eventually like crossed paths with, with my brother. So it's weird. I gotta say though, the whole um the whole Manti Tail doc really reignited my my uh excitement for college football, dude. It really did because dude, that I was did, sick. It was sick. Is he also he's, sad? Sick <laughs> and sad, yeah. He was easily my favorite player in college football history. That I, like and and my years of fandom of college football, my favorite player to watch. Like I would tune in to watch Manti Tail since he was a freshman. And like big things, like when when he was a junior and he went to go to the fucking Buckus Award ceremony and he announced he was coming back. It was like, like chugging he beer. Was so good, yeah, chugging beers. Like Manti's coming back for his senior year. What? Like it was that level of excitement. Like, like I I, I went to the campus um twice when he was playing, and first when he was a freshman, and the next time when he was a sophomore, and. You it, that was when he was a freshman and sophomore. Like he, the takeover had already happened, but not to the level it did later on his senior year. But it was bananas, dude. Like it, you watched, you turned in to watch Manti Teo play. You did. He was like, he was on the Heisman watch. Like he got invited to New York for the Heisman ceremony. He like, should have won as a homer, as a fucking emotional person. He should have won because he had seven interceptions as a middle linebacker. Like eat dick, Johnny Manziel. That will never happen again. One is a inter- that only happens in Madden when you get to be that fucking guy roving in the middle and like gets picks all fucking game. That only happens in Madden. It doesn't happen yeah. in fucking real life. Seven. Well, you got to remember. You got to remember back then too. Like people didn't throw as much. Like especially like in the the conference and the teams they played. Like nowadays, like if you throw 60, 70 times a game, like obviously you're more likely to get interceptions. But that was still back when they were throwing like 30, 40 times a game, maybe. Yeah, so. and that that was also when like and it still applies today. Is like when like the bigger D linemen, offensive linemen, whatever, they go to like the Midwest, which obviously Notre Dame's in the Midwest, but they go to, I'm talking like Big Ten schools and stuff like that, or they go to the SEC. Like back then it was kind of known, like if you're going to try to beat Notre Dame, you got to run it down their throats like constantly. You're not going to try to beat them through the air. So oh, yeah. yeah, less throws a game, all that stuff. And that's why they had like what, like four goal line stands that year. And now you're like, dude, all you have to do is beat SC and then you're facing Alabama in the championship. It's a guarantee. And the whole game was intense. It was a good-ass game. And then it got down to the last freaking goal line, which we were at. We are on that side of the end zone. Yeah. And like Max Wittick was quarterback and shit. And I remember – and it was another goal line stand. Same thing. You're like, this is – it was bananas. This, I don't know how many people hold in the Coliseum, but it was – It's about 100,000. Okay. It was like 90,000 fucking Notre Dame fans that year. That's how big Manti was for that, dude. It was nuts. Yeah. They have a big poly population, obviously, too, in Southern California. And, like – most people from the island or Hawaii, they'll 
they'll go to the games like when they play UCLA, USC, Washington State. Like those are all the games they'll go to because that's the easiest flight. So yeah, I could see that whole stadium being Notre Dame. I got to bring him on the pod, man. I really do. That'd be a that'd be epic. He probably has all kinds of Netflix non-disclosures he signed that said he can't talk about. Yeah, but now that it's out, like maybe he can because, like, damn, dude, like there's so much shit about that no one knew. Like, and he just held that like for all those years while he was just getting shit on. Like, you yeah. know, I know it was it was rough, man. Like, it really was a rough. Like, I remember, I remember, like I was getting shit, and I was like, it wasn't even me. But like everyone's like, but you're the Notre Dame guy. Like, dude, I was confused. They're like, go get dude. your boy. Like, and I was, I was like, fucking fuck you, dude. I was so confused. I was like, okay, like how did this happen? Like either it's a hoax and he was in on it or like, if he wasn't like, how the fuck do you get tricked like that? Like, like how were you dating someone you haven't met? Like at the time, like that he was saying yeah. like catfishing was really new. Um, which, and- I, which I didn't know. I was like, no, it wasn't in my head. I watched that and I was like, it was around for like at least 10, 15, 20 years before that. Yeah, for for me, like I was like, dude, I had MySpace where people were like trying to catfish you, so like I knew what the fuck that was. But right, yeah. Apparently, like not everyone did, and it was kind of like, I guess it was it was pretty well thought out with like friend friending other people and talking to them. So like, if he hit up them, they're like, oh yeah, I've talked to her before. So like, I get that yeah. part of it, and like we also got to keep in mind too, we grew up in the belly of the bees. We grew up in Southern California. Like you get catfish yeah. when you're seven and shit around here, you know. Like, right. It's like an ice cream in, man could not be real for all we knew. All the time. Yeah. He grew up in small town, Laie, Hawaii, and then went straight there to South Bend, another small ass town. So like he, I, I, it makes a lot of sense, you know, but yeah, his roommate also is in long distance. So it was like not a weird thing. Like I, I get it. Like I can see how confirmations, it all the people that are like, yeah, she's real dude. Like, yeah, I'm, a cousin, yeah. I'm a brother. Like what? That right. bananas, dude. I, that was, I still, I still don't i that wouldn't have been me because 100 percent. like if we're doing long distance and i haven't seen you in a year and haven't gotten any pumps like yeah. and i'm the i'm the fucking man i'm the man i'm anti i'm anti i'm i'm literally the best middle linebacker college football scene in a like maybe ever yeah i ain't getting no pumps no, I, no wanna, I, I want at least a video of you flicking that bean. Like, you know, he said that video where he was like, I need you to do this. I was like, dude, I need you to do fucking this. Like, yeah. Fuck this. Fucking show me that little bun. You know, I don't right. want at do least that. At least some nudes. Like, come on. Like, yeah, there's just, no excuse for that. That's how you know he was such a good kid. Is that like, even that know, in his mind, like, he was just like, literally, like, he was the perfect person to get taken right. Advantage of like that's what I'm saying. It wouldn't have been me, but for him, I could see how that could happen. You know, good kid, good heart. Yeah, we're pieces of shit. We would have been like, I already know you're not real. <laughs> Is that a piece of shit though? Like, hey, give me some fucking proof. Like, <laughs> right. I've told real chicks, you're not real. <laughs> right? They're like, what do you mean? I'm standing right in front of you because you haven't you haven't shown me those titties. So technically, you're not a real person. Get out of here. You know. You never know nowadays. You never know. Oh no, now it's crazy. Now they don't even try to hide it. I get added on Instagram like every two days, like five in a row. And it'll say Robert dot Johnson and then like four numbers. And then like the, the picture is just some chick and it's like, hey, come check out my profile. You're like, you're literally telling me your name of the hacker you are and the fucking profile. It says Robert dot John. You're not even hiding it anymore. Yeah. You're getting lazy, man. Yeah. Well, I can you. Hey, I like all the pictures though that you put up. That's fucking tight. A lot of Colts. Yeah, I want to get some more. 
I started like a list of like a few that I'm missing that I really like. Um, where is it here? I want to get uh, I want to get Elton John, obviously. Classic. And then I was gonna get uh, I want to get Twenty One Pilots. I really like Twenty One Pilots. Me too. My brother doesn't like them. But he's really? Still- well, yeah. that's you know that explains it. Tom Lang. Tom Lang. Um, but yeah, there's a few more I want to add on there because I can add like another layer in here. Damn. There. I can't okay. wait. I can't wait to move out there, man. I'll tell you what, because I'm just right. Re- I'm just ready for that, for that life, man. I'm tired of fucking people telling me when I can stop partying. That's the most annoying thing as an adult. And when, like, when I hear the term last call, I get like, I get offended. I really do. I get upset because Dude. I can stop drinking whenever I want. Like, why, why do you get to decide that? That's insane. Yeah. I'm like, don't you want to make more money? It just doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't understand the concepts. Dude, it's 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 the best place ever here, to be honest. Like, California's weather's perfect, but other than that, like, who cares? Like, they're like, oh, it's hot here, it's hot here. I'm like, okay, it's it's been like 103 this week. From what I hear, like Orange County has been like 90s. So yeah, you're you're paying like five hundred thousand dollars more a year for. Uh, for five degrees of heat in the summer so <laughs> yeah and you know what we got the dwindling dwindling years of orange county man like i i oh yeah I, it's not the same anymore no nah, man our time there was fun it was a, it was a blast you can never recreate those memories in whore island no um, it, it, it was it was legendary in every single sense it was it was it was epic man but like you know it was time it was time it was time to make that move you know for both of us and then i mean especially like, to wrap it up yeah, it was time to wrap it up, you know. And um, environmentally, man, it it was it was dying down, not in our home, but like outside. It was just like, it's not Orange County anymore, man. There's homeless people fucking everywhere. And then, and just like just going out too, like the people changed. Like after COVID, like there's just so many people that were like confrontational and like. You remember that? And, you remember that? And the girls too. The girls are just weird. They they fucked up. They they made it cheaper. I don't know what they did, but they let all the people in from fucking. And I love these people, but I don't like them either. At the same time, they let everybody in from like Santa Fe Springs and Pico Rivera, <laughs> Norwalk and Whittier and shit. And believe me, I'm from all those cities, so I fuck. I'm allowed to talk shit, but goddamn man, it it changed. Like I I remember we would go to Roscoe's and be like, this is not the same place. There used to be Ooh, hot chicks. Every had a good run from like 2018 to like 2020. Where it was like, holy shit! Like every like, this is one of the best places in the world, and it's in our backyard. Like we could walk in, and there could be like a hundred people there that I could potentially go talk to, and like everyone's having a good time. People are vibing, dancing the music, like drinks are going, like good time. And if it wasn't, the bar next door was cool, or the bar after that, or the whatever. Like there was a hundred bars in yep. that little area that were all cool, and then it just slowly died. I, I don't even like to go back, dude. Like, I really, it's, it's like, it's, it's sad. I went back recently, not, not at nighttime. I just went back to go get a little day drunk and buy some records. And I was just sitting there watching, I was watching the Raiders preseason game. And I was like, man, how many times we've done some nasty shit here? Like, I was just looking at, looking around. It's different. Than Roscoe's. Uh, it's different during the day there. You're just dude, like, it's so, it's so brutal in the day. Like, I remember uh, eating lunch at like at Heroes one day. Yeah. In the day and just thinking about something like one, I won't say it, but something one of our friends did like on the bar, like just recently. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) 
<laughs> so it seems like another world like when it's at nighttime like i'm here in the day it's so crazy it's sort of like when you hook up with a chick and then you see her the next morning you're like oh shit you're different <laughs> not bad but different you're just you're just a lot different than i remember <laughs> now yeah. that the sun hits you and shit i'm starting to see shadows i didn't see before baby i'm sorry fucking goddamn at least yeah. he's into it don't throw me a curveball like that all early in the morning that's, that's what that's when you get up and go play piano yeah, dude, that is a thing I do, man. I don't know why I do that. Maybe I just feel very like uh accomplished when I have sex and maybe I'm just like la 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 and it just makes me feel good or something. I don't fucking know exactly. I feel like I play better too. I feel like I actually don't miss notes as often when I do it. Yeah. I like I'll wake up and I'll be like, damn, that's good though. <laughs> what a weirdo I must be to have sex with, dude. Think about that. Like I fucking bang you, you go to sleep, and then I leave the room. You've just met me that night. And then 20 minutes later, all you hear is piano. <laughs> They're probably tripping out. They're like, this guy's Hannibal Lecter. This guy's a creep. This guy's a murderer. And then, and then like Uber Eats comes in and you're like, oh, all right. Yep. It's my ritual, man. Yeah, exactly. And then I don't. Yeah, man. I've had, I've had a, my fair share, man. It was fun, man. It was, we had a good time there, dude. We had a really good time. Like think considering, like considering the circumstances of how much we had to pay for rent. Dude, oh, stupid. It's still right. Like considering like, your line of work, you know how stupid that was. And then um too low. Our landlord being as cool as he was, you know, fucking literally did way too cool. Way too cool, man. And it but also like, you know, for good reason. Like, I mean, he didn't first it's of all. It's hard to like, find good tenants. It's hard yeah, to find good. He didn't know what was going on in there, like most of the time. It was, it was some sketchy shit. But also God, he had no idea. He had no idea. And if he did, I think he legitimately have a heart attack. But um, it was during COVID and we're the, we're, we're his tenants. I'm sure, I'm sure he has multiple properties. We didn't miss one payment. You know, Bro, think about, think about like the, the chapters of that place. So like we're 26, like we're pumped. It's our first like own spot. We move out. Like, we're just like, dude, the world's ours. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Mm -hmm. Like we, we get there, we're partying for like two or three months and then COVID hits and we're like, the whole world is changed from that point on like everything's different everything sucks it brought out everyone's worst and best qualities is what covid did yeah. so we we had like a good three month like bender and then all of a sudden like everything came to a halt and honestly like i was like i was it sucked but also like kind of grateful that everything happened at that time because imagine like if i was living with my parents during covid like oh dude we would have i would have been fucking you would have gone to counseling yeah and so would i you would have we would have gone to counseling not even for our housing situation because we would have gained another addiction we would have got like a porn addiction like all right like oh my parents is depressing yeah. I, I gotta buy a browser's membership and then yeah. now you're going I, to counseling for two multiple things it, it would have been bad because like you know and 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 don't get me wrong, like maybe like the first like month or two, like we took it pretty serious because we didn't know what the fuck was going on. Of course. And then after that, like we were like, okay, like, you know, we're getting some feedback here. We we know what's going on. We were talking to some smart people. We're like, okay, we, we got a good feel. So we started having people over and hanging out and this and that. And like still, I wasn't like, you know, trying to be an asshole and go see my parents as much and, and all that. But like, say it would have happened and we were staying at our parents. And then they felt a different way about it. They would have been like, no, you're not leaving the house. Like you can't do anything. Like, yeah, it was like the six months, like we would have been on lockdown, like couldn't go anywhere, do anything. Um, 
but I remember like at first we started just making like stupid videos yeah. and, and then, uh, and then, you know, we'd have people over here and there and, um, oh no, no, actually, how could I forget before I skip a very important part mm-hmm. from, from December of 2019 to like mid early January, 2021. So right before all this shit hit. Yeah. Brett lived with us for six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. Was six weeks. It was that long. It was six weeks. I remember like two weeks. Wow. No, bro. It, it, I, I remember because it was like the second, it was like beginning of December to like the first or second week of, of January. So maybe like five weeks, but still it wasn't our house for those five weeks. It was his house. <laughs> where, where was he coaching at with it? Was it Minnesota or was it New York? That was Minnesota. Yeah. Oh man. Cause I remember he, part of the reason why he got that long break was because he was like recruiting down in that area. Um, <laughs> what just chicks <laughs> football players. <laughs> Yeah, he, he did go like visit schools and whatnot in Orange County and like a I couple remember, of yeah. San Diego, which is why it was good for him to stay at our house because it was kind of like the middle ground of Orange County. So he can get to all the schools pretty easily and go to San Diego and whatnot. But but yeah, man, that was that was so funny. That was awesome. <laughs> that was like our our kind of like our college, if you like that yeah. it really was. And that's coming from dudes who didn't go to college so that's exactly why like i'll do that was the funnest time ever dude it was something that needed to happen and yeah. and it needed to happen to people like to us too specifically because we're completely different people me and you yeah that's why we're best buds like i i, I don't want to be any i don't want i don't even have friends that are like me anyways i don't have one friend who's like me if i think about it like in general i i have friends who are better than me at shit and i like that who are good at certain things and i pick their brains and stuff at areas that I have known nothing about, like you with fucking mortgage stuff or anybody that just knows more. I have a lot of those friends. If I don't have anybody who's a friend like me, that'd be fucking retarded. Like, that'd be stupid as fuck. Well, I, I've seen, you ever see people walking around like these little fucking kids nowadays? They all have the Patrick Mahomes haircut and they're like, oh, oh yeah. My God. And they have the same fucking like outfit. Like, that drives me nuts, dude. Like, how many times did you go out and I give you a hard time about your outfit? You didn't give a fuck. You just kept wearing the same shit. And I kept wearing the same because we're just different and it was fun and it was and it worked. Like, we were. Two two different personalities that just somehow you know had good teamwork, man. I think you, I think you said it. You said it best on our last podcast. It was like Tom Brady and uh, and Randy Moss. <laughs> yeah, dude, it really was. And you know what was crazy? It's like some nights I had to be like Tom Brady, and some nights you had to be Tom Brady. Like sometimes I'm like, hey, dude, I'm not ready to call plays tonight. I need you to call plays, and I'll catch whatever you, whatever you throw at me later. And then sometimes like vice versa, man. You just you just work off what you had to do. Right, right, right. But yeah, we made it. We made it through. We made it through COVID. Remember, we did the uh, we did the talent show too with like Brett and all of his ex buddy, all the all ex Wazoo guys. Yeah, dude. Shout out, fucking uh, Gabe Marks. Fuck, dude. I love my boy Gabe Marks, dude. That was a good time. Parker was in on that too, and Tanner and Bo and Sherm and I have, dude. You know, I have. I'm, I literally have a legitimate connection with those guys. <laughs> I only knew them for two days. <laughs> I really it's think wild, about that. Yeah, the zoo, like, that's the zoo. That's the zoo, dude. Like straight up, like I was literally only there for two days for one weekend and a Halloween weekend, and like I still talk to all those guys like at least a couple times a year, just check in. Like, hey man, how you doing? How's your family? Fucking nuts, dude. I, I, in fact, Marcus Mason was just honored at the Chargers game. 
You know? Dude, I know. That's wild, man. Like everyone's getting shot now. Dude, I know, man. That's and San Bernardino too. I mean, that's 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 a hard place to be a cop, man. I mean, um, and he was a running back over there at Washington State, and then came back home, became a copper, and dude just got shot, and he survived. Line of the duty. So the dude's a the dude's a beast. He's a real. He's a true cougar, man. Straight up. Respect, man. Yeah, so, I saw that, and I was like, "Oh crap, dude!" Like I know that guy, and I was like, "No, you dude, don't." Dude, me too. Everyone was post posting it, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's Marcus." Um, but yeah, good, good dude, man. So happy he's good. I should interview him too to see how you know when 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 he's obviously ready to like to talk yeah. about the whole situation because I don't know if he's got like some sort of thing going on, but but if he but if he doesn't, he's like, "Yeah, I'm open to talk about it at some point." But like, yeah, dude, let's talk about you know. You getting shot. <laughs> Sounds not fun. Sounds scary as shit. And then we'll talk about Wazoo stuff too to make it to make it fun. Yeah, for sure, man. How's uh how have things been back there? You know, it's messy, man. It's messy out here. But you know what? Like <laughs> financially, I've never been in a better spot, which is crazy. Um you complain there. No, I it's almost like I'm I'm a little I'm a little nervous about the future because I have so many options. On what to do, I, I kind of just want some super smart person to come up to me and just be like, just do these two things and then that's it. You know, don't worry about anything else. But I'm always like, fuck, I don't know. So I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> I so I don't know like exactly what I want to like, you know, I, I'm obviously gonna buy my property out there. That's the goal, man. And then just be back and forth, obviously, and then be I'll be mostly in Henderson most of the time. You know, Henderson and I'm looking Summerlin too. Like I don't know which anything southeast or west, I don't really give a shit. You know, as long as it's like a good 10 minutes from the strip and whatnot. And I, I'm just I'm I'm a little nervous with with how it's going to do with like the pot, because that's that was what was what the scariest thing was when it got to what it got to is like. You know, we you know how we started this thing, it was just for fun. It was just for fun and to get reps, just to get fucking reps, man, to get better in front of the mic, to learn how to talk, you know, to make yourself more comfortable when it comes showtime for stand up and stuff like that and i would do this by myself man i would do fucking like a bill burr chris D'Elia type thing just like talk about my day for 45 minutes you know and like you know that in itself was already like getting getting the comments i got back from that was already like okay i should keep doing this it was only from friends and family because only fucking people listening but yeah. like they're my harshest critics so for them to say good shit about it was like all right they're like, dude, I saw it was so funny. Like you were talking about like a midget driving a lifted truck. I don't remember what happened. But I just was laughing for 10 minutes. And I was like, all right, man, thank you. So I was like, all right, so I can keep doing this. And I was like, all right, well, I can make it better if I start interviewing friends and tell our funny stories and stuff. And then it just kind of, it got so big to where it was the most overwhelming thing I ever had. Like, it was like, dude, I have a, I have a regular fucking job, you know? Like I work yeah. 60 hours a week. Like I don't work 40, I work 60. And on a light week and then I'm having success on this side project, which is great, but also the most overwhelming shit in the world. Like when people are hitting you up, like, Hey, I can only do this time, this time, Tuesday, three to 5. PM. You're like, fuck, I'm working Tuesday, three to 5. PM. So now you're going through this stress. You're like, what do I do? Do I call in sick? Do I fucking like, what lie do right. I do my work now to fucking go back to do? Cause I can't tell this motherfucker. No, this guy's high level. What do I do? Tell him no. Right. Fucking this is we man. You're like, you're like <laughs> Peter, Peter McCullough wants to talk at 8am. I'm like, uh, okay, well then you make 8am happen. Like you that's make it happen. Yeah. That's the guy's time. Yeah. And either way you're pissing somebody off. Cause like it, you're like, well, who do I piss off? The people that give me money to live or the people, the person that 
you know, is if without this interview, like the podcast never grows. So you're just kind of like it's stuck in a rock in a hard place. Um, and it was awesome, man. Like it still is. And I, you know, now that I'm ready to come back, I'm super excited, but I needed the break off. I, I yeah. it, was, it was the most overwhelming. The more successful it got, the more stressed out I got. You know, it was, was it was great, a lot. but man. It was a lot. And also too, like you just you just need a break to to work on yourself. Like once you once you work on yourself and you kind of get your priorities straight. And then you're like, all right, like, that's why I never rushed you or never even mentioned it. Cause I was like, when he wants to come back, he'll come back when he's ready. He's ready. You know, yeah. I, I want you to do it for yourself. Not just because, you know, you wanted to get a guest on or this or that, or like gain popularity. That's not why you ever did it. You did it because you loved it. So I was like, all right, when he's ready to do it again, I'm, I'm in, but I'm not going to ever even mention it or force it. Cause that's not natural. It's going to happen when it happens. Yeah. So. I appreciate that too, man. For real. Yeah. Again, just the duo, man. We fucking get each other on shit. Like, that's what it was, man. Now I'm ready. This thing has gotten a lot of success, you know? Yeah. Yeah, is is wild. But honestly, like, that's that's the cool part about it is, like, it doesn't have to end. Like, you yeah. can pause. You could pause for a minute. We could pick it back up. It doesn't matter. Like, the thing, the thing that kind of sucks, though, is, like, literally everybody and their fucking mothers has a podcast now. Yeah. And like when you first started yours, like no one had one. And I know. Yeah. And it was like, it was sick. And like, that's when you got your practice reps in. Like that's when we got our practice reps in was just doing bullshit, talking to people, whatever. And then as soon as we started getting really big guests, that's right about the time when everyone realized that like, Oh, we can start a podcast. Oh, we could. And like, even if, even if like the, like most of the people that don't have a following, like their podcast doesn't last long. Like everyone st starts one and it dies within six months. Yeah. Even less than that most of the time. It's hard. It's really hard. It's, you got to be consistent. You got to have content. Like you got to have guests, you know, you got yeah. stuff to talk about. That's the thing. Um, a lot of people don't have shit to talk about. Like they have a couple stories. Just one time I took a Quaalude and ate some chick's ass in the bed parking lot of a Carl's Jr. Good for you. What, what are you going to tell next week? You know, what the fuck are you going to tell next week? Eventually they just get tired too. They're just like, man, like, you know, it's not making me any money. It's not really gaining me popularity. Like it is what it's over. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that really sucks is like now that people realize that like podcasts is if you have money and you have already a following, if you create a podcast, it's almost like a cheat code, right? Like it's cheating. It's cheating. Absolutely. <laughs> it sucks because like, there's people on, on Instagram, I won't say who they are, but like there's people all over the internet who have hundreds of millions of followers and they're like, oh, we'll just start a pod. And they ought like automatically, if you start a pod with a million followers on IG or Instagram, like on Twitter or whatever, you're going to blow up because yeah. you have access to big time guests. You have access to marketing. You can get deals automatically. So you're making money off the podcast right off the gate. You've got big guests. You got yeah. stuff to talk about. So it's like, fuck, man. Like once they, like all these people started to realize, like anyone can start a pod. But like, if you listen to the, if you actually tune in and listen to the podcast, they're terrible. It sucks. Like it's fucking boring, man. You know why? Because it's it's another money pit for these people. They don't fucking give yeah. a fuck. They're not putting the same energy in. They're not studying. Yeah. Like they're not like re they're not getting a guest on. Who's like, yeah, I can do your fucking show. And then you got to make sure you reread his book two days before he comes back on. You got two days to read 400 pages. 
dialed in. Like they don't, they don't have that. They don't have the energy. They don't have the hustle. And, right. and honestly, they shouldn't, they're already famous. Like, so, um, and it's just like you said, like the, the thing that I think people make the biggest mistake on is they think they're fucking important. And I, I don't mean that to be like mean. I just truly mean like you get your pod and you're like fucking uh, Trevor and 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 Chris's uh, memories. You know, that's what you're going to call it or whatever. Fuck. And, and everyone's going, who the fuck is Trevor and Chris? Who the fuck is Trevor and Chris? That's what everyone's thinking. Do I give a fuck who Trevor and Chris is? No. So I already don't want to listen. Even if you have good shit, I don't want to listen. I'm already offended. I'm already upset. Like, fuck you. Who do you think you are? That's what people think. It's, it's, and it's kind of like, what if Dave Portnoy put out, not Barstool Sports, what if he put out fucking Dave Portnoy, Portnoy Sports? People would be like, fuck this guy. You think he'd be where he's at? No, it's because he started a brand, not an identity. It's a difference. Don't, you're not Joe Rogan. You can't call it the Joe Rogan experience. He's Joe Rogan already. He was a comedian already and he was already big. There's a reason why. And obviously it's a play on the Jimi Hendrix experience. Like that's kind of the whole part of it. But. And he was a pioneer too. Like you can do that if you're the first. Yeah. He's, he's the, he's the God of podcasting. Absolutely. He's the first. He could do it. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck everyone else. Right. But it should be, you should be trying to create a brand, not, not everyone look at me. That's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for comedians. It doesn't work for anyone who's big in, in the game. When you just try to make it just about you, like, you, you would only have your diehard fans that tune in all the time, and that's it. And you better hope you have a lot of diehard fans. But if you create a brand, it's something everyone can get behind. And if you are naturally a diverse person, it plays out even better. Like, it's not like we're... Natural. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's not like... Yeah, it's natural. It's not like I'm pretending to be into fucking boxing martial arts or or Netflix documentaries or fucking... Or, I am into all this shit, medical shit. Like, I, I do fucking pay attention, a little bit at least, you know? And... They pay attention way more than me, so that's why we bring them on, so they can educate us a little bit. But that's that's the biggest mistake I see is everyone does that. Like, hey, it's me, and this is my thing. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got your fucking legions, man. Like, it's not going to work out for you because you're already thinking that you're special and shit, and you're already delusional off the bat. You know, yeah. and and coming, coming from somebody who's had success in this shit, believe me, you're not going to make any money, even when you are successful. And you're going to be stressed out. And you have a family and kids? Jesus fucking Christ. Fucking quit now, man. You know, like, I I don't have fucking dick. I don't have fucking a girlfriend, a wife, and believe me, they're not coming anytime soon. And I don't got kids. I got nothing. And it's still so stressful. I just have a job and fucking that's it. And it's like a lot, like booking interviews, sending emails, you know, and mm-hmm. working around their schedules, man. It's a lot, but. And then if it's a big person, you have to like go through someone else and like go through their assistant and then like with their schedule versus yours. And then you're like, well, fuck my schedule, whatever works for them. Like, <laughs> yeah, bro, I've had publicists call me and vet me and shit. Like, so what's like your, what is it about? Because my client yeah. won't go on unless like, what are the questions? And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I can't even tell you. Yeah. Like Dude, all I know is <laughs> I, it's, he's going to have a good time. And like, I won't air the, I'm like, there's a reason why it's not live. I won't air the shit unless he's okay with the final product. Like, that's all I can tell you. Like, it's going to be a fun time and that's it. And I won't, and you guys can get got your best interest. Yeah, and once they heard that, they were cool. I was like, hey, man, that's that's not how I do shit, man. I'm not here to fuck you guys. I'm here to make you guys win. <laughs> shout, shout out my girl, Cece. I remember when I first hit her up to do the pod. Uh, she's like, Hold, yeah, like the Dallas Cowboys have to give clearance on it. Like they're going to check it out. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, the Cowboys had to check out alternate take? <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys had to like vet your shit and like make sure it's okay. And then like once I'm like, 
she's like, do we have like a set of questions? Like they want to review. I'm like, I'm like, not really. Like, we're just going to make you look good. Like we're not going to, you know, and then eventually she got clearance to, to do it. And, but yeah. it was just, that, that was a good example of like, like, I don't, I don't know how this works. Like we're just two idiots doing a pod. Yeah. And I wouldn't answer fucking phone calls from nobody, man. I don't answer random numbers. So like I would get a voicemail like, Hey, this is the publicist of so-and-so. And we want to know, who are you? And I was like, fuck, I don't, I don't fucking know, dude. I got, you know, but, um, but reputation, you know, succeeds you. You know, that was the thing. Like, um, luckily for me, I've had some good guests on here who've said some very nice things. Um, and it carries a lot of weight, it carries a lot of weight for me. I don't know if it carries a lot of weight for the fans or for the people that actually are the next in- people that are getting interviewed. But for me, it did. Like, I remember when I interviewed uh, George Gankus, who's like the number one golf instructor in the world. You know, like his whole Instagram is him giving lessons to D Wade or fucking this celebrity. Like, I, I don't know. It's all celebrities. The beast. And he has like, I don't know how many pro golfers under his wing. And he was, and then he told, when he told me like some very nice things he had said, like, you know, like, Hey, how long you been doing this? And I was like, not long, dude. Two years. Like, you mean talking shit with dudes? Fucking 20, 30 years. You know, this is what I do. But the pod, not long. And he was like, you're a natural man. Like, you're, this is like my, you know, my best time I've ever had. And I was like, I appreciate that. And I thought he was just being nice. But then his assistant called me the next day and told me the same shit. She was like, hey, I just want to let you know, George had done fucking thousands of interviews and he was just extremely happy. Um, And he just thought like, you're a genuine person if you ever need lessons. And I was like, oh, I would love lessons because all my friends love golf and I would just love to yeah. secretly, quietly take lessons and fuck them up on the course without them knowing. Um, But those things keep you going. Those things for sure keep you going when you get a little bit of a you know, positive, you know, whatever reinforcement, some validity to your, with your shit, man. Cause sometimes you get a little cynical and you're just like, fuck man. I don't know. It's like what you said. You're like, why am I still doing this shit? I don't even know why I'm still doing shit, but it's, but it's for the feeling after it's like going to the gym, dude. Yeah. It is like going to the gym. When you go to the gym, you're like, fuck you. Fuck your mother. Fuck all this shit. Why am I here? I can get chicks with this app. Like why the fuck my hair? I don't give a fuck my <laughs> that much. I I'm good. And then you go and then you, fucking suffer and then it's hard you try new shit sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and then you go to the sauna and that's another moments of suffering and when it's over you're like oh like i did it fuck yeah you're proud of yourself that's why i keep going but to have it full time somewhere is is big like that was the one thing i like when we were living we're living it was so fun but you always knew it was coming to an end so like it was like this studio is awesome, but it's temporary. It's like it's not going to be here forever, but it was a good setup for like, OK, this is what I want it to be when we get the full thing going. It had a good, a really good route. Yeah. And hopefully we're only like five, 10 minutes away from each other, 15. So it's quick. Like, hey, dude, John, come over. You know, we got an episode coming up with fucking so and so, you know, that's another thing. I remember when Nick Sick lives right here, too, dude. Yeah, dude. Fucking that's what's crazy, man. I, I've been t- I've been keeping in touch with him a lot. Him. Um, I was just talking to him Morocco. the other day. Really? Yeah. So he he lives right here, and then um, obviously, uh, like it's just an entertainment capital out here. So like, even if people don't live here, they're through here all the time. Like, it's crazy. That's that's the that's the main deal. Is that like the level of guests we got in Orange County, crazy. The level of guests we will get in Vegas, it's only going to be bigger. Like. This is the entertainment capital of the world. And that's another thing is like, I already, I think we already put in all the hard work in terms of like reputation. Right. You know? The ground, the groundwork. 
the groundwork is done. Like we don't like, like if you go look at the page and you go look at, or just look at the people we've interviewed, like it's not hard to sell it anymore. You know, like, you know, like when you, when you first start a podcast, the first thing everyone's going to tell you is, oh, yeah, yeah, congratulations, fuck off. Like, that's what everyone's going to tell you. And if you're not expecting that, then you're a fucking idiot. Like, no, that's exactly what everyone's going to tell you. It's like when you tell everyone you're going to start comedy. It's like that a fucking Italian. Like, what do you think? You're better than me? Think you're funnier than me? Like, oh, you're fucking Mr. Giggles? Fucking tell me a joke. Like, it's not a fucking, it's not something you tell people. You just do it. And hopefully over time, it gets some success. And then people start becoming on the bandwagon and becoming more supportive. But you don't just tell people off the bat, I'm going to start this creative project. Everyone give me fucking high fives. No one's going to give a fuck. It doesn't work that way. But yeah. we'll see. I mean, it's it's got a good track record already. And honestly, I think the move out here is just going to expand it. Like we, we, opened so many, we opened so many avenues going this route. And like, we're just getting back to it. Like I, we'll, 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 we'll get some, we'll get some big ones soon. They're coming. Yeah, man. And like I said, it's, it's now it's, it's more about like, we've had big guests before. We've had a lot of them. Now it's just about the ability to broadcast it on a, on a larger scale. And once we have a full-time studio, full-time producer, it's just you know, camera. I'm, we never I'm, even had a camera. <laughs> nothing. That's what I'm saying. If, if you're a producer out there, dude, how are you not like jumping at this opportunity? Like you don't even have to start from the ground up. You're really starting from like you're starting on a podcast that already has big guests and it's going to keep having big guests. And all you have to do is just fucking put it on the internet and that's it. And yeah. then enjoy the ride. And then how good you put it on the internet is how good we get. Visuals like a huge visuals, a huge part of it. We didn't even have that and got that big. Yep. Exactly. I don't have nothing. I don't give a fuck about that shit. I'm, I'm a purist, man. I like, I like audio. You know, I like vinyl records. Like that's just kind of my thing. Like I don't really give a fuck about the video, but I, I, but I do need people in my corner who are who think differently than me. You know, it's big. It's big right now. Yeah, it's the biggest thing. It's the most important thing. I get it. Like, and and I believe me, I don't. I don't watch YouTube. I don't watch any of that shit. Like I, I do watch YouTube, but I don't watch YouTube podcasts. I, I just don't. I don't have enough time. Like I. I'm not, I don't want to stare at a phone for fucking two hours. I don't want to do that shit. So, um, but I get how important it is and people make clips out of it. Like, Hey, this is this person talking about this five minutes and then 10 minutes of this. On They'll this just summer. put a little clip with like a catchy headline. You're like, Oh shit. He said that about him. And like, yeah. You click on it and yeah, I was going through my fairy interviews, dude. My, one of my favorites was interviewing Mike Ruzioni. That was just like epic. We got to give your dad a fucking a copy of the book. Yeah. And whatnot, and that was just like that was crazy, man. Because I was like Big going getting, getting those sports legends that, like, especially especially sports legends and movies that we watched was like was insane to me. Like when when Coach Carter called me and was like, "Yeah, young man, I'd love to be on your podcast." I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. I, I was like, "You're Coach Carter, man." And and same with Booby Miles and Mike Ruzioni. <laughs> and, Dude, I, love, I love Booby Miles. He he signed that picture and everything for me and, and uh, sent like that thing in the mail. And uh, I remember it was like, it was last year in the postseason, And I figured like, maybe he was a Cowboys fan because he's from Texas and like, yeah, Texas is literally like football's God there. So something happened. Like he had a poll or uh, it was like, who's going to win the Super Bowl, And like, I just put in there like Cowboys course <laughs> and like cowboys getting knocked out in the first round and literally i get a dm from Bowie miles 
nope, no cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn. I was like, what does my life come to? Like, not only did the cowboys get knocked out, now I have a DM from Booby Miles, like rubbing it in. <laughs> you suck, John. Booby Miles signing out. <laughs> Nope, no cowboys. <laughs> oh God! Oh. Uh, I I screenshotted that shit on my on my phone, like the the DM. I'm like, I'll remember this forever. Like my cowboys get knocked out, upset in the first round, and I have a DM from Bowie Miles rubbing it in. I have the video <laughs> of it too. It's so good of you, fucking. <laughs> oh. The worst. The worst part about that was like. I literally haven't shown emotion for a Cowboys game in probably two or three years. And the one time I did, because I was so pissed off at that, like I couldn't believe what was happening. And like, I, I, yeah, I, I lost my cool for like three seconds. <laughs> Brendan caught it on camera. It was amazing. It was amazing. Cause did you even have a clue that you were getting recorded or you're just so locked in that it was just like, no, like that's the weird part is like, I'm usually I, I know when I'm getting recorded. Like I, I could see people's phones and whatnot. And it's usually you who's doing it. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, like, I don't know how I didn't catch that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe I was just so pissed off I didn't see him. But Oski's just sitting there fucking weird on the couch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be amazing. <laughs> record all of this. Yeah. It was amazing, too. He did a good job. I was getting pissed off. Oh, man. That's all crazy. Good. Dude. All good. No, all those. Good. Those I went back and listened to because I usually don't I don't listen to any of the I'll listen to anything I put out I'll listen to it the day I put it out, um just to make sure there's no like errors and stuff like things I gotta fix. And then after that I won't I won't listen to it like basically ever again. And um, I went back and listened to the Ruzioni one and I was like this is bananas man like I, I remember going to the movies to watch Miracle. You know, yeah, my too. parents and like getting emotional, like feeling patriotic as fuck when I left that fucking movie theater. Like, you know, like the college kids beat the best team in the world. It's like literally a, a story of David versus Goliath. And it's Almost kind of like in a weird way, like a like a. I don't know, like an analogy of what America is like, you know, fucking long shot. Yeah, long shots. You can do whatever you want. Like, I, I fucking love that. So. Dude, the, the Friday Night Lights, too. I remember I was like, I think like sixth, seventh grade, our whole team went to go watch that in the movie theater. Wow. And then you fast forward a good, what, 10, 15 years and like talk, talking to the dude. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Like it. And he's sending, like, I just talked to him last week. I just talked to him last week. We were, we we're talking and, you know, how's, how's, how's life? How's the wife and everything? And it's like, you know, that's, it, a, that's, Part about the the pod though, that especially this one, is like it's not the most popular dudes in the world. Like we're not, you don't go after someone with ten million followers. Mm. You just go after someone cool as fuck. Like that's amazing. Like Booby has like six seven hundred followers. Like who cares? Yep. Like Booby Miles. Like <laughs> yep. That that's the only like I've, doesn't even social media. He hardly has a cell phone. Yeah, like, exactly. Dude, like, I that's had insane. To book that interview, I had a fucking email. I had to email Boston College alumni. <laughs> I had to email a big chain. Of, it was Boston College alumni. And I was like, hey, all you Boston College alumni. I don't know. I'm probably emailing 10,000 people <laughs> for all the fuck I know. And I was like, 
I want to send the below message to Mr. Ruzioni. If anyone knows him and is willing to do me that favor, that'd be cool. If you don't, or if you don't want to do that, or if I'm crossing any boundaries, I understand. You know, thanks and take care. One guy wrote back to me and he was like the vice president of the fucking whole club. And he was like, hey, man, I know him. He's a nice guy. I think he'd be honored to do it. I'll send it to him. I'm like, thanks. And then nothing came of it for like two months. I just, I thought he sent it to him and I was like, all right, well, clearly didn't give a fuck and whatever it is, what it is. Like, I tried, you know. And two months later, he fucking called me and he was like, hey, man, got your email. <laughs> it's been like two months. And he was like, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, I'm still over here in uh in, in Massachusetts, you know, in a small town. And, um, you know, so I just let me know how you want me to have my setup. And I was like, however you want. And he's like, all right, well, I'll put all my cool stuff in the background so you can see it. So the interview, I've actually never posted it on, on YouTube and I, and I will. Um, That's another thing, man. I was like, I only have like two or three interviews on YouTube and I have like 20 that I should, I, at least 30 that are like fucking gold ones I got to put up. It's just, it's just so much work and time. Um, but that's one of them. You can see all of his fucking plaques in the back and his fucking flags and shit. It's fucking awesome. But that was just a good interview, man. It was just fun. It's just, it's just, it's just special, man. And keeping in contact with these people is the best part. Like I said, I, I don't want them to ever think I'm using them because I'm not. That's not who the fuck I am, dude. I'm not a fucking. And people know that right away, dude. <clears throat> they know right away when you're just a fucking mark ass motherfucker, dude. When you just sell out, like you just, you know nothing about the topic. And at hand, you know, nothing about them. You didn't put any work in. You're just fucking like, so I heard you're famous. Like, welcome to the show. They're like, fuck you, dude. Like, now I'm making your show. Like, you basically, I'm doing this for free to make you better. Like, fuck you. Like, that's what, and, and I get why they think that. They should think that. Yeah. I never made them think that. I never made them think that, man. I, mean, I always wanted them to know that I put I put the work in to get the full, like, when I met Bruce Buffer, I already had read his autobiography. And I was like, hey, man, that part in chapter seven, part of chapter 10, like your bufferisms, fucking loved it, dog. And he was like, oh, shit. And that's why he agreed to the interview, because he was like, all right, like you're a real one. And then I even reread it before we did it. Like two, it took me two days. It was like a 400 page book. And I read it in two days just because I was like, it's worth it. You know, whatever. Sit down and get it done. But I think that's the most important thing to me is like people give is that people that I interview know that I'm not here to, to do that, man. Like I just, you know, I, I'm I'm not that kind of person, man. And. Even if it's even if they don't recognize it, you know it. You know that like I'm not a fucking seller. I'm not a fake ass person, you know. And like that's the most and like and you're proving it. People can say that all they want, but like, how are you around celebrities? You know, you can say I'm not fake. I'm not this, but like, when have you proved it? When have you around celebrities ever and have proved that that's who the fuck you are? Probably never, you know. Yeah. Um, and. I've been lucky enough to do that, especially with like with Gil taking out. I mean, I'm hanging out with Gil all the time. We're going to have fucking lunch on Sunday. Nice. And I'm going to say yeah, what's up. I will. I'll tell him you said what's up. And he's huge. He's literally co-host with, with fucking George Lopez. In fact, George Lopez, all of his guests now are fucking people that have already been on alternate take now. It's fucking crazy. Um, but I remember he took me to go see George Lopez like a couple months ago. He was like, Hey, you big pussy. You got me coming on the phone. And I was like, what's going on? He was like, I'll tell you what. Next Friday, you're going to be my designated driver. And I was like, look, I love you, but I, I can't. I was like, I'm not driving nobody. That's just not happening. Like, And that's not mean to going by being real and fake. Like, if you're a fanboy, you're like, sure, I'll do whatever you want. Oh, my God. Like, fucking, I'm not going to do that. I, I want to get drunk and get pussy. All right? It's Friday night. I'm not going to go drive you nowhere. It's not going to happen. And he goes, listen, you big bitch. You're coming <laughs> to the show. We're going to go watch George Lopez. It's going to be great. We're going to be sitting in front second row. 
and we're gonna have a good time. And I was like, all right, sounds good. I'll drive you. I'm just I'm just giving you a hard time. We'll drive. We'll go. So we go. We're in this crazy like it's at the fucking um Microsoft Theater, and in downtown LA, and we're at this back entrance that we have to go in through where it's like this huge gate and there's like seven armed guards and like we have to show them every credentials there are like not just id but like you're you're not on the guest list we got to make phone calls and they're like one of the guys is like oh you know that's his co-host for the pod he's allowed to be here and then momo comes out momo rodriguez who's opening for him and he comes out he's like oh yeah they're here they're allowed to be here so we park in the back and then we go inside and then we're just having drinks in the back room it's just like only fucking like guests of the people that are performing that are there. It's like 10 people. It's like George Lopez's daughter and then like his family and whatnot. And then we're all hanging out, having drinks. We go to the show. We're like the first row, you know, and then George Lopez's daughter, very nice, by the way, very friendly. We're sitting next to her. She's a cool chick. Um, And we went to the whole show. I remember Brian, Brian Callen opened up, not Brian Callen from, from, um, Brendan Shaw, Brian Callen, different Brian Callen. He has a last, his name's with a K, not a C. Funny dude. And Ruben Paul went, who's now I'm friends with Ruben Paul. Ruben Paul's a fucking great comedian. He murdered that night, like absolutely killed it. Um, had him on the pod. Haven't even posted it up yet. Had him on the pod. Huge Raider fan, has season tickets. And um, then at the end of the night, we're in the back of the room, and it's like there's a big green room. And then there's a small one. The small one's like the the high-key VIP. So the back green room is like all these famous people or people that know somebody or whatever. It's King Taco, fucking drinks everywhere and shit. Pool tables, everything. It's a it's an adult fucking getaway. It's bananas. All free too, by the way. Like there's a thousand refrigerators with beers and fucking shots of whatever. Like you do whatever you want. And then some private dude comes up to me and Gil and he's like, hey, George, why don't you guys in the back? There's only like 10 people back there. But like, we're going to put you in there in like 10 minutes. I'm like, all right. And me, like I said, because of who I am, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not disrespectful. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is fucking nice, man. Thank you. But I'm not going to bother nobody, you know? So we go in the green room. It's like 10 A-list celebrities. Like, I don't even know their fucking names. I I knew Big Boy on the radio. He was there. Um, There was like uh, a couple people from like the members of No Doubt that were there. Um. All the comedians that were going that night, all these fucking famous people, that I have no fucking business being around. And I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go get a beer because because Gil's fucking star show. Everyone wants to talk to him about fucking, you know, Richard Ramirez and shit." Yeah. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go fucking go get a beer." I had a couple beers, hanging out, mingling, doing my thing. And then, um, corner of my eye, I catch fucking Eddie Van Halen's guitar. The guitar that everyone knows from Eddie Van Halen. Like the fucking red, the white, and the blue, and it's all fucking messy and shit. Like that's the reason why I played guitar. I remember hearing Eruption when I was like six, and I was like, I gotta learn how to do that shit. I just got to learn how. And I still never learned, but fucking I got, I got I got close to it, you know? And I remember asking George, I was like, is that fucking, you know, Eddie Van Halen's guitar? Or is that one of those replicas you got the Santa Fe Spring swap me? You know? And he was like, no, dog, that's his real guitar. Like, we became friends before he died, and he had about, like, 20 or so made, you know, like, originally made with that same design so he can give out to people that he likes and loves and whatever, and he gave it to me, and I was like, dude, like, can I, and that was the only Starstruck moment I had, like, I talked to big boy, I talked to all these other big people, I didn't give a fuck, that was the only thing, I swear to God, like, I was the only thing, I was like, 
holy fuck. I was like, can I hold it? He's like, yeah, you can hold it. He's like, you know how to fucking play it? I was like, yeah, I know how to play it. I was like, there's no amps here, though. It's an electric guitar. I'm not going to just fucking wail on this electric guitar and shit. But I remember holding it going like, this is like, that was an I made it moment. Not being there with all these, I don't give a fuck about that. But I was like, this is fucking crazy. This is an Eddie Van, like he held this, he played this, like he had this made. This is his guitar. It was fucking yeah. nuts. Fucking yeah. nuts. I think, I think we're, we're, we're both pretty similar, at least nowadays, like with, with that kind of shit. Cause like if, if like 10 years ago, if that would have happened to me or you, I think we would have been a little different, but like, like nowadays it's, it's, it's like, we're, we're pretty cool in those situations. Like, uh, like when we met Dion, we met Dion Sanders. Yeah, we did again. We yeah, just, Dion Sanders. Like he just, he walked up and he was talking shit with my brother. And then like, he introduced us to him and like, we were just both really cool with him. Just, you know, introducing and saying what's up and not acting, not acting weird. And then, uh, and then just recently out here, like, dude, I've met so many fucking big people out here and not just don't, just don't be weird. You know, like I won't even, I can't, I can't even like talk on some of the nights, but <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, just, and that's, that's what they respect though. Again, exactly. I don't take my phone out. I don't take pictures. I don't take videos. Like I, I know when it's bullshit, when it's like me and Spencer or like our group of friends, like, you know, I'll, I'll take a video or some stupid shit that I know will laugh at or cherish forever. But if it's serious, like I know, like, Hey, my phone's in my pocket the whole night. I don't take pictures, videos of anything. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't sign an, an NDA, which sometimes they'll make you sign an NDA. Yeah. But it's funny too. Cause like a lot of the people that we've, uh, we've met or I've met, like people be like, Oh my God, like you didn't get a picture. Like you didn't get autographs or whatever. Like, Nah, like, I nah. Don't, nah. I don't. I'd much rather just have the experience for myself and have it be a natural, like, good time, than like be a weirdo. Like, imagine like you're you're one of those dudes, and like every single place you go, someone asks for a picture, someone asks for an autograph, and then like you finally have a good conversation with another person where you feel like a natural, like a, just a normal human, and then they're like, "Oh, by the way, could I have a picture and autograph?" You're like, "Fuck!" Like, <laughs> yeah. And and I, I agree. And not only that, it's like you got to always look at the bigger picture, too. Like there's a you ever see that show uh, Red Oaks on Amazon Prime? I think I watched like I started. I watched like I think I showed of- you a few episodes. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking funny, dude. It's such a good show. But um, there's one part where it reminds me of something like that, where. Like. This guy is kind of like low-key mentoring this kid, but the kid doesn't realize it. He just thinks it's the old guy just being like a dick. It's kind of what he thinks. Like, he's bugging me. He's being an asshole. And then this chick is like, you should tell him, like, because he's he's uh he's doing tennis lessons for the old guy. And guy's like, you should, he's like, he he's only you're only uh making 50 bucks an hour, you should be doing a hundred bucks an hour. Tell him. He's like, All right, I will. So he goes back and he's like, I want a hundred. You know, I think that's fair. And she's like, and he's like, All right. He's like, I'll give you a hundred. He's like, but he's like, that's that's it. He's like, that's all we want. He's like, he's like, this is the one thing I learned in business. You fucked up. He's like, because you could have had something bigger. You could have had me owing you a favor. That's what you could have had. Like, and me, I'm big time. He's like, I know a lot of people and I'm huge and like I'm and I'm successful. And like I asked you to do me this favor to teach me how to play tennis. He's like, but if you just want a hundred bucks, cool. Here, here's a hundred bucks. Leave. And like, 
that's how you got to treat like people that are big in the industry is like you don't ask for that small shit. Don't ask for a fucking picture in a video or any of that fucking bullshit. You know, just hope that it goes well and then someday later on down the line that like, you know, you can still remain good contacts and good friends and and that's all you can really do. You know, yeah. that's it. But I, I I remember hearing that. And I was like, oh, shit. I like that. I like that analogy is like that was a lesson for the kid to learn. Like you, you fucking it's not about the money right now. Like I'm giving you something more than money. You know, it's it's, it's called value over price. So that's something that we talk about a lot in my business where it's like, OK, if you do a really, really good job for someone, you build a good rapport, you build a great relationship, you give them an amazing experience. You deliver on all levels, like they're just blown away. They don't even think about the price because it was worth it. Say you stay at the Grand Wailea in 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 Hawaii, and like everything's just immaculate. You walk in, they address you, oh hey, Mister Bartoloni, um, you know we've got a water here for you, complimentary service. You know we folded your towels in your room. You take it to your room. You know you've got beachfront property. You can see the ocean. You'll see the dolphins in the sunset in the afternoon. Uh, da, 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 da. You know, maybe at the end of the day, it was thirty-five hundred bucks, whatever it was you know per night. But I, the value to me was, I don't give a fuck. That was amazing. Like I had the best trip of my life. Like that's value. Price right. is when price is when you're worried about staying at Motel Eight. And the right? further like, time passes, the less the price <laughs> matters to you. Right, like, like if you oh, tell that story a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, you never mention the price. You're just like, dude, that I right. saw the dolphins. I got, I got blown by this little Puerto Rican chick. It was amazing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's the right. shit you talk about. You don't even care about the price. You care you about the could, price. You could have stayed at Motel Eight and paid, you know, a hundred dollars a night. You had a view of the dumpster in the back. Your trip to Hawaii sucked ass. You never got your food. You never got, you know, treated. Your your water was probably yellow in the room. You know all this shit. Oh, but I got a great price. Who fucking cares? Your value is ass. I've always been one of those people, man. Pay the bigger bucks. And you know what? It's always panned out. Like it pans out if you really do do that. Because, like, dude, like when I met Bruce Buffer, I was in the VIP section um at a SoFi SoFi game. Fucking Rams, whoever. I think no, it was it's Rams or Chargers. No, it's Chargers Raiders. It's Chargers mm. Raiders. I met him there in a VIP section. I wouldn't even even been in that VIP section. You know what I'm saying? It's all. I'm not telling everyone to fucking be stupid with their money either, but like, that's really what it is. Like you pay for what you get, man. Yeah. And, and it's fucking, it's crazy, man. I've had a, such a good time doing this, man. I can't wait. I'm so glad it's back, dude. I got like 30 interviews lined up right now. All big time people. And uh, I'm back on the hunt, man. It's fucking, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. I can't wait to get it going. And then just have shit ton of interviews just throw out, and then um and just keep you know, keep alternate take going, man. Like I'm fucking excited for. It. I needed the break, you know. You know I'm glad. I wanted to come back with this too. To be honest, with you, this was kind of unplanned. This was just like, hey JB, you want to talk shit later? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um, but I kind of wanted this to be the first one back to put up before we do anything else. Like, hey, you know. Yeah. The boys are still kicking. Don't worry, we got plans, and I want you guys to know about the plans. And, uh, we should we should we should still do a an intro outro. We should, <laughs> <laughs> we should do an intro outro. <laughs> we'll do a Zoom intro outro, dude. Exactly. Um, and uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to get it going. And who knows, man? It could be like literally less than a year from now where our studios are ready, fucking 
you know, out there in Vegas. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it's scary thinking about how successful it's been and how successful it could be. Um, that's, that's the most, that's why I needed a break in the first place, you know, but you know, what are you going to, if you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket, don't be a pussy, cash it in. That's kind of how I fucking see it. You know, like don't, you worked this hard to get it somewhere. Why quit now? That's kind of what I look back on. Like, that's what I did with sports as a kid. I got good enough. And then like, when I got too good, like I got afraid and I didn't fucking like double down. I should have just doubled down and then it wouldn't pan out for me. And like that really fucked me up for like five years. And then now that I have this, I'm like, I don't want to make the same mistake. So, you know, keep going. And uh, a lot of people would kill to start with where you're at. So, yeah, I know. I, that's the crazy part. You know, that really is a crazy part. I had I had lunch with a with Tyler Copley, one of our La Habra, La Habra hometown friends about a couple oh, months ago. Nice. Yeah. And he was mentioning that. And he was like, good dude, man. I love it. I'm going to have lunch with him soon again. And he was mentioning that. And he was like, dude, like, he's like, your guess that you've had is like, if you were to just tell a regular person, like it, it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't register. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, I, Freaks me out too, man. It does. I'm like, I am a regular person, motherfucker. Like, it, it doesn't register for me either, you know. But, um, you know, that's what that's that's what keeps me going. You know, there's the fact that we've had them before, and it's like pfft, with nothing, with nothing, man. Like, again, dude, you just got to be good at what you do. That's the fucking that's America, bitch. Like, you got to be good at what the fuck you do. If you're good at what you do, people will fucking show up. There it is, right there. There's all to take, dude. I have the coffee mug. My grandpa drinks. He drinks out of it all the fucking time. <laughs> it's so funny. OG. That's an OG fucking dude. I remember, like, we would show it to chicks, like, check it out. We have a pillow. <laughs> 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 like we thought we were cool and shit. Oh, I love it, man. But, but yeah, man, that's the moral story, man. Be good at what you do, man. Take yourself seriously. It's not wishful thinking, man. Like, don't fucking think like people are gonna give you these interviews, you know. You got to hustle. And when someone tells you, hey, you know, I can do this interview at this time, you better then call in sick, man. You know, that's what I did. Call in sick, <laughs> read their book, fucking, you know, I mean, I'm not, I know, am I getting some muddy waters to work? You know, and believe me, it has with me. I fucking know that already. You know, but it was worth it. It was all worth it. It's always been worth it, man. And it and it's never been supported until it got something. That's another thing people, you motherfuckers got to realize too, is that like, you got to believe in yourself. If you don't, you're just fucked. You're just fucked, man. If you really don't think like you can do it, then why are you even fucking trying? You know, and that applies to anything, but especially anything entertainment industry. Like, then why are you trying? If you really don't think you're funny, why are you going on stage telling jokes? What are you fucking doing? Like, even if you, if you think you're funny, that should be enough. Like you thinking you're funny will help. Like people will be like, that guy is really not that funny, but like, I like that. He likes that. He's funny. That makes me laugh. You know, it's that in itself is comedy. And same with podcasting. Like, if you think you can do something good, then fucking do it. But at least put your balls on the line and don't fucking be a mark. You know, that's the main thing. And uh, we've, proved it, baby. we've proved it. Can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. All right, buddy. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to see you in a couple of weeks, right? Right here for in, uh, September. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, we'll, so uh, yeah, I'll see you in a couple of weeks and. All right, man. Well, thanks for joining Alternate Take. It's good to have you back, JB. Producer JB in the building. Good test run there. Yeah, man. I'll throw this up. I'll throw this up in like, like probably like um probably like <laughs> Saturday. I'm off Saturday and Sunday, so let me listen to it first. I always get nervous because I forget what I say. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Now we'll see. All right, now you take care. You here? All right. Straighten up. <laughs> Later.
And there it is, ladies and gentlemen, our interview with producer JB. Thanks for stopping in, JB. I really appreciate you, brother. And um, thanks to all of you for stopping in, man. I know it's been a long time, and uh, I'm glad you guys got to catch up, man. You guys got to hear some history of Alternate Take, where we're at now, and what our plans are in the future, man. And I couldn't be more excited, man. We got a lot of guests lined up right now, and uh, a lot of things are clicking, dude. It's going to be pretty wild. So thanks for taking the journey with us. Um, if you got to know any of our links, I always put it in the podcast description, so go check that out. And uh, that's it, man. I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you soon. Peace. Thank you.